this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Miss Julie Plague McMinn. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day in Pennsylvania. Yes, today is a busy day, but they're all busy. I have three kids, so it's complete madness, but not any busier than my old days working for Bethany and back in New York. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, parallels, let's call it. You, you truly close your eyes and say, as the coordinator of chaos on Bethany Ever After and Bethany Getting Married, this helped me with my three children. Oh, I think being an assistant to anybody. I mean, I'm an assistant to three munchkins now, three little kids. That's a full-time job. It is. It is. It is. Are you so happy to be back in your hometown, right? You're home, your hometown in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm in my hometown of Pittsburgh, and I moved back, and it's, it's shocking to say out loud, David, but I've been back now almost nine years. So I've been out of the Bethany Ever After, the reality TV world, um, the assistant world for now, like I said, almost nine years. It's wild. That is wild, but when I close my eyes, if someone says, when was Bethany ever after on TV? To me, it feels like 20 years. Oh, go. You mean? like it was? Yeah, a lot it just yeah. feels like so long ago. Like, I'm not saying nine years is not a lot. It is, but it doesn't feel like that. So I don't know if that's good or bad on how we're living our lives. Yeah, a lot has happened in, in the world and also in the way that technology 
and reality television and consumption of shows and people has changed. It's, it's wild to think of, to think of the consumption back then versus now. Yeah. Back then you had to write blogs, right? As part of that show. I did. I did. I wrote blogs. They would send the um, episodes a week in advance. And then I would write a little blog about how I was feeling and then throw it up there. There was no Instagram for me to comment on. There was no, you know, podcast to go on and talk about what happened on the episodes. So that was the way that um, Bravo had us communicate with people who were loving the show and loving Bethany and loving what was going on. That's crazy to me. Now, you originally moved to New York City to work at the esteemed Hamptons and Gotham magazine, right? I did. I moved um, in 2005 after I graduated college. I went to work at Niche Media, which was the capital publisher of Gotham, Hamptons, LA Confidential, Aspen Peak, um, these luxury magazines. And I was, had no idea. I was never someone who was like a fashionista or knew what luxury things were. And these magazines were very luxe. They were very Gucci, Prada, LVMH, Louis Vuitton. I had, it. again, we're going to age ourselves, David, but it wasn't like it was now where you would know what those are. Children know what those are, kids, from looking at Instagram, from the consumption that we can do. And back then, there was none of that. So I didn't even know how to say half of these brands. And um, it was, it was a, I was thrown, I didn't know where the Hamptons was. So I was thrown into this crazy world from the start of New York. Like it wasn't just when I went and worked for Bethany. It was the, I, I was thrown into this wild world of, you know, parties and hard work and events and working all hours of the day, work hard, party hard. You know, we, we, it was a great way to spend my twenties. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about hard work and I learned a lot about friends and friendship. Did you love it? Like, um, you know, I'm 22 and I'm like on my way to this event and then I'm heading off to the Hamptons. I, I did love it. I think that there was nothing to compare it to, right? It wasn't, and my friends back home didn't really understand. There was no summer house to say, hey, the Hamptons, right? No one even knew what that was. So to me, I would be in situations constantly being like, is this my life? Wow. And a lot of times that was like, is this my life? Wow. And I'd cry tears of frustration and sorrow. And a lot of it was like tears of joy and and hard work. And, and so I think that I was really in it before there was a lot of, um, how do I want to say it? It was still really pure. It was still the advertising industry. It was still, um, clients and parties like parties that like you couldn't be at unless you were there which was cool yeah and that's the thing like with a job like that it's cool it's a great perk job but people don't realize it doesn't always come with a huge salary and you work like a dog yes what you said is the truth yes and yes (laughs) but there's something romantic about being broke in your 20s in new york right or am i romanticizing it no i think that 
it was, it was something where there's just so many stories. It, it was very romantic. You're not romanticizing it. I remember our fun, the favorite funniest thing to do was like, you would go out on Thursday and you would have to wait till midnight to like close out your tab because like, then you would have got paid for Friday, you know, on Thursday night. So you would go out hard on Thursday, but you had to wait. You couldn't leave the bar until midnight where you could close out, you know? Um, there's, it was just, it was a great time and it was before, um, the market crashed. It was when there were huge, you know, I was living in that advertising world and the magazine world when it was still the hottest ticket in town. And again, I think that I look back and I didn't really know what was happening. And I, it makes me sad because I wish that I would have written stuff down. So anyone who's 22 to 28, I know that you have your Instagram feed as your diary of what you're doing, but write, write good stories down because I, I don't remember. You, you think you'll never forget, but I did. I forget so much of that. Um, you and me both. <laughs> for a variety of reasons, right? For a variety of reasons. One day I'm like, you know, okay, yes, it's a lot of vodka. I get it. But sometimes I just think if you have a busy life and this is like not an ego, you just can't remember. Like, no, I, I, I don't remember a lot of things, too. Really. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, so I, I really do, that's my one big regret of all my years in New York and working at the different types of jobs that I did was not writing down everything that I did, not in an annoying way, but like where I went for trips. You know, I, I used to fly around the country for niche media training assistants in each of the offices, um, which was really cool. Um, and then, you know, as niche media kind of came to an end and I went to work for Bethany, uh, we did so many things across the country for her book signings or for the skinny girl tour, which you saw on the show. And I, you know what, I didn't write down all of those things. And that's kind of a regret for me. I wish that I, I had something to look at. Same here. So like, again, not saying this with an ego, but like I've traveled like so many places outside the country. I've been to 55 countries, all wow. seven continents. And so like, that's why like when I travel now, like I'm not, well, I mean, before COVID, I'm not so like, oh my God, I need this picture. Like, do I remember the Taj Mahal in India? Absolutely. Do I remember walking with a lion in Africa? Absolutely. Do I remember the 10,000 temples and shops and everything else and all the food I ate everywhere else? No. Like you remember these basic things. And then other trips, you're just like, okay, I vaguely remember the hotel and I remember like one day of it. It just all blends together. It's sick. Yeah, it's, it, it does all blend together. And like I said, as, you, as I get further from that part of my life, um, there's just a lot of reflection. And I, I, I do think of, all of my time in New York and with Bethany very fondly. And um, as you get further away, you forget all of the craziness that came with it, you know, unless you dig deep and, and really have to remember. But. Um, and you met her through these magazines in the Hamptons. Like, tell me about when you first met her. Yeah. So the way that we first met was um, I used to go out to the Hamptons for the weekend. We would um, go for different magazine parties. We were, we were assistants or coordinators. And I was one day scheduled to help at a brunch um, at our CEO's house. And uh, my marketing coordinator 
um, was like, can you do this? You're going to help um, a chef who's there. Uh, you're going to be her sous chef and kind of help her organize because we trust you to be at the CEO's house. And um, so are you cool with that? And I was like, I guess, like, I don't, sure. I'll, I would do whatever. That was how I was. So I showed up in the morning, probably 9am. I probably was out the night before, but I walk in and Bethany's there and I'd never, I didn't know who she was. So we introduced to one another and she had me immediately jump in to help her cook. I was julianning basil. I was putting together caprese salads. And these were things a girl from Pittsburgh, my mom taught me how to cook, but these were like these other things. I wasn't Italian. So these, she was teaching me how to do these things. And it was, I was loving it. And we were really getting along and I have had a really good attitude. And she told me a little bit about her plan to be a, um, a celebrity chef and what she was up to. And I said, I just could feel her energy. And I said, one day you're going to be famous. And she said, well, I'll hire you and you can work for me when that day comes. So I left that brunch and her and I stayed in touch and I would do like odd things for her. And then she called me about mm, a year later, I think. And she said, are you ready to come work for me? And I, David, I said, I just got a huge promotion. Like, I don't think I'm ready yet. And I, she said, it's okay. Like, keep in touch. You got to go with your gut. And um, so then I, you know, kept working at my other job and she hired another assistant and it was right when social media was just starting. And now this girl, Molly is, is my friend. So I can say this, but I like stalked her. Cause I was like, did I make the right decision? Oh my goodness. Like, have I, have, have am I ever going to be able to work with her again? Because I think this is a really good opportunity for me to learn. And so then about a year later after that, I called her and I said, please hire me. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to leave. There's nothing else for me here. I want to come help you build your business. And she said, okay, I'll call you back. Let me like figure this out. And I was like, you know, on the edge of my seat for like a week and I called her back and, or she called me back and she was like, let's do this. So I gave my two weeks and then I jumped right into being one of two assistants working for her, you know, at the end of her Real Housewives stint the first time around. And then the beginning of, I was there when she started pitching her, her new show and Bravo came to her. When you first went out to the Hamptons, when they were just like, you know, do this, here's like an extra thing. Like, did you know you were going out to be a chef? Like, it doesn't sound like you had really any chef skills. No, I had zero skills. No, I was going out there and just doing bitch work. Like on Friday night, I'm sure that we had to like work the door at some party. And then we all probably like slept in one hotel room. Like, so like not how it is now. Like they were like, here's one hotel room. You can all stay in there. Right. And then, um, yeah. And then I woke up and went, no. So I had no idea what I was getting into, not in a good or a bad way. I just was like, here, I'm here to help. How can I help? And obviously I could picture Bethany frantically running around and not even saying like, do you have any experience? You know how to cook just because I mean, if you said these things to me, like add that to the caprese salad, I would be like, I don't even know what to do. She was very patient with me and just knew that I had a good attitude. That's always how she, that's how she is. She doesn't really care about people's qualifications to be quite honest. And they just, you, something about that first brunch. I knew she would be famous. There was just something about her. 
Mm -hmm. I did. I knew that she would do all of the things that she's done. I mean, the thing is, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if there's one thing I've learned, there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless services starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, okay, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense to me. There isn't one. Mint Mobile is the first company to sell wireless services online only. It's a brilliant idea. I don't know why no one has thought of this before. So by cutting out retail brick and mortar stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that they have to pay that get passed down to you. They're able to save all of that. And the only thing that they pass down to you is great savings. That's right. The plans start at just $15 a month. I'm using it. It's great. And of course, it comes with unlimited talk and text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And don't freak out yet. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and you keep your same phone number. So for everyone looking to get in touch with me, I have the same phone number since switching to Mint Mobile. And if you're not 100% satisfied, they have a seven-day money-back guarantee. This has changed my life. It starts at 15 bucks a month. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. And you will cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. If you want to stop paying exorbitant amount and only want to pay 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's it. 15 bucks a month. And then when she called you back, were you like, oh God, like I have to quit a corporate job? Like, were you nervous? I think it was more of like, it wasn't about the like nervousness of quitting a corporate job. It was that I just had gotten a huge raise and you know, like you're making no money in New York city. So when like, I realized I, it wasn't even about, it was just about moving my career within this company that I was like, I don't think like right now is the time to like jump ship here. Um, they rely on me for a lot. And she was like, cool with it. Right. And I still kept in touch and helped her when I could. But that second time when I called her back, I knew that I was uh, ready. And then she called you back. Somehow she figured it out, which is total Bethany. Total her. Yeah. Like, okay, here's the right person. I don't know how this is going to work. Give me a week. And she figured out yeah. how it's going to all work. She did. And then she called you back. And so were you watching the housewives at this point? Like, did you know what it really no. was? No. You lived in New York. Do you watch TV? In, did you watch TV in New York back in those days? I never watched TV. I, like, I'm, that's just who I, I just wasn't watching TV. I was getting home at 11 o'clock every night and just going to sleep. Like, I don't know when I would have watched TV, to be quite honest. I don't but know if I had a TV. Really? I mean, I watched it, but I recorded it and then watched it. it. Yeah. It was like in that age. Like, so like you maybe had one or two shows again, that the way that you were being presented shows and other things to consume was a lot different now. Like you had Mm -hmm. to try hard to know what was on television or look at billboards to know what was on television. Yeah. It sounds like it wasn't like archaic, but it was like very different. It was different. 
So, but you knew what, like, you didn't know, like, what the housewives I were. What, I knew what Bravo was and what the housewives were only because of her, though. Because, right. of course, I didn't show up not knowing it, but I, I didn't watch it. I, I would have watched it for her. You know, like, as in, like, to find out more about her or whatever. But I don't even know if it had been aired. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe the first season had aired, and I'm sure I watched some of it. But there was no, like, YouTube where I pulled it up and watched clips of her. That, that just wasn't how it was. Right. So you got the job, and you quit, and you went to work there. Yep. And that was it. Like, there was no formal interview process or just, like, I remember you. We kept in touch, like, done. Well, we had kept so much in touch that, no, that it was, you know, uh, very, I think it was more of, like, what's the day-to-day? Like, but it, it was so, she was such a brilliant entrepreneur from the start that it was just everything folded together. And we, she always was figuring it out as she went. This is when she lived in the apartment that you see on the show and the Upper um, East Side, um, you know, and me and Molly worked in that, this little glass table and we had big dreams and she dreamed big and, and it was, uh, but there was no formal like dress in a suit interview. No. And then when you started working there, how was that? Was it just like, here's day one? Yeah, it was just a huge, no. learning, it was a huge learning curve, but it was also a, a learning curve of a lot of opportunities were coming her way and she had never done them before either. So she was just learning. I, I think the first, one of the first things that I did do was help assist her. What well, was her assistant for the taping of the reunion of housewives of new york maybe the first one were they always at cipriani downtown i think so back in the day i think she might have had a green dress on but listen i can't be sure but i remember going to that and that was like my first introduction to oh to this big huge production um of wow look at all these outfits and hair and makeup and what is glam like i didn't know what glam was like I wasn't getting glammed up in Pittsburgh for my prom. People are, you know, we had just got a dry bar three years ago here. Like there was no glam. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't understand that people were getting hair and makeup every time that they were on television. And again, this is a very, reality TV was very new. Um, I'm very invested in watching Andy's show on the history of reality TV. The one that's been on Bravo the past few weeks. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I do. That new, like... nights? Yeah. Like, I can't... I'm only past the first episode, but it's going to, like, chronicle everything. And I can't wait for, like, the Bethany episode and her, them talking about how she changed everything with her business sense of reality TV. The Kardashians did, too. They did it in a very different way than Bethany did it, though. How do you think the Kardashians did it differently? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs, joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet and order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Crocs' new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Um, it's a great question. I think it just looked differently. I don't think that they had that much of a plan. She had the plan. Like she knew she was the ultimate influencer. She was talking about working with brands before she was even on the housewives. I think that, um, her brands came a lot out of necessity and her real true life as opposed to, I think, some other people that, not, not even the Kardashians, but just others who choose to, out of nowhere, do something. Um, I mean, the one thing that I, Bethany is an amazing, amazing chef. She is an amazing cook. She is, that is one thing that she taught me, like that hands down, that I use things that she taught me. I'm not like any, I'm not like great, but I know how to be in a kitchen because of her and how to use ingredients and put things together because of her. And um, that's how like she started everything, right? Was on her Beth her Bethany Bakes cookies and her, her understanding of a market and what is needed. She was just a little ahead of her time for that, right? 
people were like, what is gluten-free? Like no, unless you had an actual illness, you didn't know what that meant um, back then. But she was always so business oriented and such a hustler. Yeah. I mean, when I think back, like the one picture I have of Bethany, well, not one, but like one that goes back to is the small apartment, those parquet floor tiles and in the shop right or whatever it is, that's where my mind goes to like hawking that, I guess, was it Bethany's Bakes? I don't even know what product. Yeah. And just like, okay, the person's walking by, you don't want one next. Like just, that's where my mind goes to Bethany and like the first visions. Yeah. And it just was magical to watch her transform that to being at a liquor store with people waiting outside before it opened to stand in line for hours to get a bottle signed. I mean, it was just, it, she, there were so many moments that were captured on television during those years that were so epic in her journey of being a successful entrepreneur. And that that's really cool for her to have as like an album to have those moments on television. And you think she's like what one of the original influencers before it was a thing? I don't think I know. She was, yeah, we were, she was working with Frangelico and Pepperidge farm before like the internet had recipes on it. She was trying to, she not wasn't trying. She was accomplishing that she was, working with Pepperidge Farm to put together recipes. And then she was on the back of their box with her recipe. I mean, that's original. That's, that's, she was one of the first, if not the first. Yeah. No. And I think I never really thought of it, but I think you're right. Like when you think of like the first reality show ever, okay, let's go back to the real world. But when you think of like the history of like business, like who won business in reality TV? I mean, you, I don't know who else you would think of. Oh, she wins. Yeah, for sure. But no, she was, she understood that it, it made sense that she liked, she was always good at, Jewel, these glasses are so great. Like we got to tell everyone they're great. Or she'd be like, why did you buy that? That's so great. We have to tell everybody that that's so great. It was like this, uh, this true wanting to influence for very good reasons and wanting to share recipes and share her knowledge of the world with others. And there were celebrity spokespeople, but that's not it. That's not what she was going for. She w- she created the recipe for Pepperidge Farm. Right. You know what I mean? Like celebrity spokespersons, if you think back, unless you were a chef, they, I don't even know if they were doing that back end, creating something, right? Like someone was just holding a Pepsi. They didn't like make a recipe with a Pepsi. Do you know what I'm saying? She was, I will hands down say that like, she is the original creator of that. And that's, I guess the difference. The Kardashians weren't doing that. They were just like, here's a lipstick or like, we're going to go do this. All very business oriented too, but it came from a different place. Yeah. And like, look, they, I think of them as like what they did with social media, like taking that is brilliant but like Bethany is the one to me who like understood like what's wrong with all of you. Like this many people watch us every week. Like, I don't get it. There's a built in platform yes. for any business you want to create. Yes. I mean, why is no one else mentioning this every week on the show? Like you're losing Correct. out on tons of money, which that is what it is. But there's a whole clause in the Bravo contracts because of Bethany. They call it the Bethany clause. 
I know that. And I would love to hear someone who talk about that. Maybe they'll talk about it on the show, that show, the Andy show. They should because they will. I hope so. It's there because of her that they get a percentage of everything now because of her success, which. So what's going on now when these people have these books? I mean, I, I, I took a lot when I left New York city, I'm not trying to get ahead of you. I took some years off of watching everything. It, it was like, gave me a little bit of anxiety, made me miss New York. It was like, I had to like decompress when I got home. Right. You did. Like you were just like, not just Bethany, but like New York lifestyle and everything yeah, like that was insane. I had to decompress. I had to accept the reality that I was living here now. I, I, so it wasn't a negative or positive thing. It was just like a Julie thing, like a me thing. Like that's what right. I had to decompress. And so when I started watching reality TV again, and I, and my husband and I love to watch it now. Um, I always wonder now when these people are, do you know, like you talk to all these people, like, do they get, do they have to sign something? What, what happens? Like when, it, when they're going to someone's book signing or when they're, you know, um, doing something absurd, like, are they giving Bravo money? Well, it's no. funny. I mean, I'd like, I have some questions. You, you know, people, you need to find out. I, I need to find out. I mean, I could, because I know people that just have a book out now, but Right. Like I know that they say the Bethany clause and it's like the Ramona Pino Grigios and stuff like that. I have a lot of questions. Like for instance, Luanne de Lesseps has a cabaret that sells out all around the world. At least it did before COVID. That is because of the show that you're selling out. Just Luann's cabaret count? I wonder. I also wonder- I'm telling like, you, I think so. I'm asking. I don't know. I think you so. Find out. You need to find out. And then I you do. can message me or call me and tell me because I need to know just because I'm curious. Yeah, no, listen, I'm curious too. I have to start asking specific people because I'm also like on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Meredith Marks has Meredith Marks, the collection. Like there's people- I with- honestly think it might be how good your agent is if you have one coming into being on the show. Um, so now- There's not a lot of- different. But there's but, not a lot of negotiation in the beginning. Yeah, you know, like maybe Denise Richards, Lisa Rinna, like there's people maybe with whatever, but the average person, it's like, move over, sweetie, sign. Or, well, I wonder out. if you already had it though, if it's part of your story as opposed to starting it. But now everyone has something. And if they have something, they want to be on TV. So it's like a little murky now. So maybe like what happened five years ago, I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, no, I will. Out. Or someone, someone DM me and tell me. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with 
everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash velvet rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. I'm curious, like, and I'm curious because like, yes, like Meredith had this company, but now it's grown somewhat because of this show, however you want to see it. So I, I'm, now you made me curious about something else. So. Add it to your list, David. I, it's, let me tell you, Julie, it's added. So you get there, you're doing this job, you're doing everything. When does Bethany come to you and say, by the way, you're also going to be on a TV show. And is that how it happened? And was it like, don't ask, don't tell, just show up and pretend? Um, no, I, I think it was well, housewives. I knew that it was a p- possibility, but listen, nothing was ever about me. So I never like worried about it. I, I wasn't in it to be on television, to be a reality television star. I was in it to get the most business experience. And because I saw such potential in her and the situation and I just loved it. So uh, the, the television part, affected me, I think later and not affected me in a a different way, but like, it was never something that, um, I was worried about from the beginning. Um, and so I knew that it was a possibility. So when I was on the show, I was just on the show as the assistant, there was no, you know, real difference here. And then, um, I think that after you start to see yourself on television, it's tough in ways, you know, especially when you're a woman and you, and, and you, but people were so kind to me. It was a lot different though than it is now. There was not a lot of ways to not be kind to me. Um, and people were just really liked my hard work and my attitude. And that was very nice to hear. And I think that um, I also struggled because I was so busy And like, I actually needed to do work and I wasn't there like to F around. And I, and I think, so that's why when I look at a show like, um, below deck, I'm like in awe because these people are like doing two jobs and that's being on television and cleaning toilets and really taking care of people that paid a buttload of money to be on a boat. So it it was really hard in that sense. Like I, cause sometimes I needed to really get, get work done but this had to be a priority, if that, if that makes sense. It does. I've talked to a lot of people from Below Deck, but right, like you go in and it's like eight o'clock in the morning and you need a second cup of coffee and you're exhausted because you worked a crazy day the day before. You're not really thinking about like 
what should I say to make an interesting TV show? You're like, I have a real job and I'm stressed out and I'm going to have to work till one in the morning if I don't work really hard. Yeah. And I was lucky because it was like, it wasn't about me. So I didn't have to be that like interesting. I could like get a lot of work done, but there's a production behind the production, right? There's setting up lights. There's getting people in there that prohibited sometimes me working. If that made sense. Like I had to stop yeah. everything. And do those kinds of things. And I was very close with people on production. I love them. I still keep in touch with many of them. Um, they were like a family. And I had to play like both sides. And I had to help them with like uh, scheduling and coordinating. And so I was like, you know, does everyone have lunch? Get me lunch. We were, we were very like, I, it's hard to like think back to that. But and Bethany embraced that. We all embraced just always being all together. And it was great. It was like, it, I was like a part of a company because like for, a, you know, when you, I was working at a huge company, not huge, but like I came in, I saw like 65 people yeah. in an office, had meetings, did all the things. And then it went to like, you know, very few people. So that then when sometimes I like, I like being social. I like when people are around. So that was a cool part of the experience was getting to know even more people. And I obviously, now I look at everything I watch very differently than someone who doesn't understand what goes around behind the scenes, good or bad. Just, I really look at the money that is spent to create these scenes and these things. And knowing how much of it goes on to the cutting room floor. Yeah. Do you look at reality TV now? Like, you know, and I'm not saying in a bad way because it's not fake, but you know, like there are staged scenarios, there are staged scenes, people have to rewalk in. A couple of weeks ago on Jersey, someone was saying, oh, Margaret has on different color nail polish. I don't, I'm good at recognizing those things, not different color nail polish, but I can like look at a scene and say like that scene's staged. And I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean in a like you know, you're like, you know how it's made. So it's. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like, it's a lot different now. I bet timelines are a lot different again, because of the consumption and the money that's made when these things come out. And so hold on one second. Okay. Sure. I'm sorry. Okay. It's thank you. I'm on this call. Okay. Sorry. My daughter just got home from school. Um, that's fine. You can stay there, but don't speak. Okay. So you can cut that and we'll, we'll start. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. I'm really sorry about that. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. So I do look at reality television a little bit differently, but I, I, I look at it in this knowing how much work goes into it. Like that's how I look at it. I'm not trying to like catch anybody. Yeah. If someone thinks that like, this is all true. Then they have like issues. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if you have to take it for what it's worth and know that there's different things that are produced, there's different things that are whatever. And you have to realize that because things, they're not taping 24 seven. Somewhere like the summer house, like they're back to the real world model right now. You know, that, that is crazy town. I mean, that would be nuts, but knowing that there's different scenes and you know, the great thing about Bethany was it was all really what was happening. There was no, she, there was no acting, you know, it was all real. As yeah. You, it was more that's like, that's who she is. And yeah. it was more like a docu-series in a sense, like the Jeff Lewis flipping out or like that. It was like, it yes. wasn't about one person. Yes. 
going on. What didn't you like about watching yourself on TV, which you alluded to? I think that you're critical of what you, anyone's critical of what we look like. Um, and I think that uh, I didn't, I don't know. I would, the, your twenties are like where you're getting confidence in yourself and, you know, to see yourself on TV, you know, I, I, I didn't, again, I knew that I wasn't trying to be the star of the show. So, and you know what? I would, I should go back and watch some of the episodes I did a while ago over quarantine. My husband and I looked at a few, but you did. Um, I think that the other thing that was so tough, it was like, like you said, I got up in the morning, I went and went running, I got home and then I'd be like, Oh my God, what am I going to wear? Like, or like, how am I going to, you shouldn't wear, I know that I need to wear something black and then I'll, I got to do my hair. And I, I just, it's not in me. I wasn't someone who get up, got up in the morning and like glammed themselves up for work. I like did the best I could. I worked hard. And so I wasn't, my hair and makeup, like wasn't a priority in my life. Cause I had to like someone else's life to take care of. Right. I don't know. Like, does that sound so, so it was just, sometimes it was just hard to put myself first. And that makes sense. And so I wasn't, I don't know if it would have be different now. Maybe, probably. Did Bethany give you any advice? You know, not like it's I'm not saying it's fake, but like she was on TV successfully for years. Like, did she give you any advice? Like just be yourself. Just be, you. like, be yourself. Everyone love you. It. Yeah. Everyone love you. Just be yourself. Well, everyone did love you. Oh my God. Thank you. Well, I mean, it's true. Like, was that, I mean, you were a fan favorite. So like, was that shocking then? Like when you, you know, you, this is your real job. You didn't ask to be on TV. You weren't trying to be on TV. Sounds like times you didn't even want to be on TV, but like when you became a fan favorite, even without Instagram, like, what was that like? Were you shocked? It was just really nice to, to get, you know, it was kind, it's kind of weird um, for people to recognize you. Um, I think that some, sometimes I thought, you know, it was nice to get some recognition for like doing a good job, I guess, you know, but again, I didn't seek out to get this, but it was nice to like be part of that crew with her and, and, and people were just so kind to me. So, you know, when I would go to a book signing, Oh, Julie, we love you getting the pick, you know, it was just really nice, you know? Um, but I tried to not like get, I tried to not get my confidence from people saying that. Cause I mean, I knew that this wasn't going to be my life. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Was Bethany like, of course you're a fan favorite. I like could have told you that. Yeah, she definitely was. She was like, everyone's going to love you. She's, really? It was such a great, it was tough. It was a tough environment, but it was such a positive. It was a positive environment to be part of. It was we really were all there for each other because it was, um, we were like a little family. We were. What about from just like a work point of view? Cause I mean, Bethany is brilliant and does a million things at once and goes on all cylinders. Like, was she a hard person to work for? I mean, you watch her on TV. Yeah. I, I mean, she wasn't like a walk in the park and she would say that, but we had good systems. And again, I decided to leave because I, I was spent. You know, I wanted her to find, have someone else carry her to the next level. Cause I just was, I, I think I was, uh, I had done my, my, as much as I could. Was there any time, like, when did you really screw something up? Like, and she just got really pissed. Like, did you ever get really um, yelled at, afraid of getting fired? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There, uh, 
I, I can't, here's, I will tell you the biggest stress that no one has now that was had on all assistance back then. And I'm sure anyone can tell you this. There was no Uber. Okay. There was no way if you were a budding entrepreneur to get a car service, like you had to be like getting a black car service, which was $150 an hour or $200 to take you around town. Or you were calling 212-777-7777, crossing your fingers that a car showed up. Okay. So I was very, it was very stressful, the transportation part, because if it was raining in New York, you, you weren't going to get a cab. So she would be all glammed and we would be like, how are we going to get her there? So like the biggest, that was like one of like an old, like a, a small town, you know, not small town, a small thing that was really affected me was like, there was, if my job would be so much easier if there was Uber. Like that, that was really tough. So that was very stressful. And there was a lot of like, where's the car? And then, oh my God, there's no car or, or that kind of thing. The transportation stuff was tough um, because there was like not a lot of resources. There's just a lot more resources out there, you know? Um, and then I'm trying to think of anything else. I think one time, I mean, I forgot shit all the time. I just did. I like forgot a pair of shoes or something like that. And after a while, you know, we made lists and we got it down. Right. But like at first it was tough, but like sometimes you forgot something you didn't even know you really needed. Did you ever cry at work? I mean, I always, not like not, not on the show, always. just in general. No, no. I mean, like, I think that I, if I like, I don't like to disappoint people. So that's just part of my personality. But I think that I, I got a lot better in my first job when I, I was an assistant for, you know, some big time people. And I think that I got a harder shell from that. What about like, did any of the housewives, did you interact with like Ramona? I, I didn't, I didn't. I, I, like I told you, I came on that weird cusp of an end and, yeah. and, um, I didn't, I, I, I mean, I always, you know, I, I mean, I guess at her wedding or whatever, but listen, I was, so busy. Like if anything, I would be like, we're setting up this lunch and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't like interacting or she wasn't talking to me about them or whatever like that. What's one thing we'd be shocked to find out about Bethany? I, I don't think you, you would be shocked, but she is, she is a phenomenal, like I said, she's phenomenal at, at cooking, at being a chef. She's a trained chef. And I think that I wish like she would, I mean, she does it a lot on her social and stuff, but she has her, my favorite recipe. You should all look it up is, um, her banana bread recipe. And, and I remember when she first came up with it, she named it after cookie, her dog, her boo boo banana bread. And I make it maybe once a month. Really? It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we forget that Bethany is a chef. I mean, it is on her Instagram, but you're right. It's not like the first thing you think of anymore. Really? What about, did you get an education in reality TV? Like having been a, like, you know, just, and how, I mean, are you shocked when you watch certain shows now? Like just how different reality TV is? It's, it's just so different now because 
there, it is not the only way to communicate with people. Everything's more real time. Like I can do a show like this. I can go on Instagram and say that was such bullshit that that happened. It wasn't really like that. So many people have now broken the fourth wall, which I always, my husband was always like breaking the fourth wall. Like if someone did something, it was like a joke. Cause I like had to explain that to him. Cause no one like understood what that meant. And so I think that's happened. I, I, so, so I, I love seeing where the industry is going and seeing it be successful because so many people had such shitty things to say about it. So like, I like that it was like an underdog of a thing. I like think Andy Cohen is brilliant. Like what he has done and, and what Bethany has done with it. And so like, I, I'm like a big cheerleader of it. I think it can, can be catty and it can bring people down and, but at least now they can, you can stand up for yourself after you watch it back. Right. Um, and it's, own your shit. It's and, on social now. Yeah. I mean, a good 50% of the show. And people can make more money, you know, because listen, you said at the beginning, there's no negotiation in the, in the beginning. Right. Um, no, I mean, so now people can um, make a living. And you know what? I don't, I don't care what anyone thinks. These people are making money and they're hustling. Because like, if you're not working hard, it's not going to work. Unless you're paying someone else to do it for you, but then that was all a smart move. So these, no matter what anyone says, is like these people are working hard. So screw anyone who who makes fun of it or says that it's not real. And like you should work hard because yeah, it will end. So use this platform. Yeah. Where did the coordinator of chaos come from? Well, it was just such mayhem there all the time, and I always be like, we got to do this. I was like, um. I was like the tour guide. Come on, everybody. Time to go. That's like the, the funniest part of all of that is that is just me in my real life. You know, like a tour guide, like a coordinator, like, you know, so it wasn't like that far off. And she just thought of it because we always talked about the chaos of the office. So, and people would always ask, like, what are you? Like, are you her assistant, her personal assistant? And Bethany, Bethany and I were always like, she was always like, I, titles don't matter. She's like, I don't care. Call yourself whatever you want to call. I think that's where it came from, actually. It's like someone was like asking for my title. And she was just like, it doesn't even matter. And so that's kind of where it, it stemmed from. And one day she just came up with Coordinator of Chaos. Yeah, I think it was on camera. I think it was, that's yeah, she was just being ridiculous. Such a Bethany thing. Yeah. Well, you were there also, we won't harp on this, but just for two seconds, but you were there also like when she started dating Jason. Yeah, I was there through her entire relationship. Like, were you shocked? Like, were you, did you think they would get married? Um, I mean, I was like, how old was I? I was young. Um, I, you know, my now husband, he is, was my serious relationship and I just was cheering for her to have a family and be happy. And so I just embraced everything that she embraced. And I, I tried to be there for, for their family. And I was there when Bryn was born and I was there when they got married and I was there, you know, they were like, a she was my boss, but they were like a brother and sister to me. And, and so saying, was I like shocked by everything? I just was really sad. That was all. And I think she, everyone was sad. Yeah. You were kind of rooting for, them like in the beginning what about so you guys have kept in touch yeah yeah I mean it's tough 
she's super busy, but I get it. And I'm, I'm busy and she knows oh, I, she met my first daughter. Like, and then with COVID, I just haven't been to New York. I mean, I was going to New York three or four times a year. Oh, so wow. I was bound to catch her one time. And this has just been a long time, you know, but we text if I needed her for anything, she would be there and vice versa. What about, you know, cause like, even though you guys keep in touch, it's not as often as like every day. And so there's, so, you know, for eight years, I mean, now they're divorced, but for eight years, there was so much out there, you know, and like, we all know some things are true. Some things are not true. That's the way the world works with media. Yeah. But she like, was that, yeah. Like, is that hard to like sit by and like watch someone that you call like a friend and just have them all this stuff? Listen, about, like, I was just divorce? glad no one called me on the phone. I don't know if I was hard to find or I was just happy to, you know, know in my heart what a good mother and a good person she was and how much I love her and how much I loved Bryn. So yeah, it was heartbreaking to watch her go through all that. But like, I knew from the day that I met her is that she would take it and become stronger and be happy again. I'm shocked. No, they call. I'm shocked. No one called you either. I know. (laughs) <laughs> Did you used to just sit there when the phone rang and say, I don't want to answer this because this could be us weekly or? No, I mean, I, I, I think like, I, I don't know. Again, the consumption, I wasn't on, it, it was just the show, you know? Like, yeah. Only one, only people knew heard the show. That was it. So there wasn't like all kinds of Instagram and me, you know what I'm Think of how different it is now. How many other forms of digital touch points I could have been involved in but now but I was just her assistant on tv so they didn't no one knew anything no one knew anything what about have you ever met Paul I haven't no I haven't but I hope she's happy I haven't even talked to her about everything and I, I listen I I've been really with everything that's happening in the world I've tried to be very selective of like what I'm reading and seeing and so I don't like spiral out of control, you know? I agree with that. <laughs> Some We're going in the wrong direction with social media. I mean, don't know if you're on Clubhouse, but stay away. I am on Clubhouse and I've you enjoyed- like it? I've enjoyed some of the, I'm in this room every day. We talk at nine o'clock and we talk about branding and business and I love it. Uh, there's parts of it I like. There are parts of it I like. I gotta uh, turn my notifications off, but I just, it's so annoying. I'm just like- I just hope I don't get sucked into something new that takes me. In. Oh, well, that's a you problem, David. It is. <laughs> it is. But if the whole world is on there and now no, it's no. like. No, I, I think you should be on there. I, I think. I am. I mean, listen, I've well, gotten I mean, value like on it. Way, but I, I think it's, again, it's like deciding what is the best consumption for your your target audience. I mean, it's branding 101. It's thinking of where do you need to be because how are you going, how are you going to use this as a business opportunity? Um, and I think that Clubhouse right now, I mean, there are people using it as a business opportunity right away, but I think there's still like, kind of like, how, how's this going to work out? How's this going to play? How can I use this as a business opportunity? Not how everyone else is doing it because you're not everybody else. Yeah. So how could David and Behind the Velvet Rope use Clubhouse to strengthen your already created community? And um, I think that that's what you wrestle with when, you, when something takes away from your time. Why am I doing it? Yes. It's all, I'm there for business. Yeah, right, only. right. Exactly. 
What about, because I mean, this time of working with Bethany and during these two shows, that's really where Skinny Girl was sold. It went from, I mean, what was it like to just be around and see? I mean, I know you always believed in Bethany, but like. Yeah, I was like so green. So I think that like, I didn't really understand the vast, the way that she is, was changing the liquor industry. And I mean, I saw it all from grassroots, but like, I think I look back on it now, having been in business and worked at an ad agency and doing all these different things, work, working through everything with her. And I just, you know, you see things in such a different light 10 years after the fact, but I think that it was to know, to see what it took her to do that. And to some people, it looked like it happened overnight. And I'm like, no, 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 no. She did it fast but it didn't happen overnight. And so don't think that like she showed up on reality TV, showed a glass. No, it was blood, sweat, tears, everything into that business. And to know when to let go, like this is now going to become so big. Like it is actually bigger than me. No offense to her. It's just, this is now a global brand. Yeah. Yeah. And what a brilliant deal to be able to keep, every single possible thing except the liquor part of it. I mean, and to own the rest of the skinny girl popcorn, everything that's just brilliant. It was brilliant from the beginning. Do you think you're going to get an invitation to the wedding? If there is a wedding? Oh no, I don't. I I mean, who knows? But no, I mean, I think that if they, I don't even know. I don't think she'll, who knows? Well, the reported. Are they reporting things? I have no idea. I didn't read anything. Well, I don't know if there's definitely going to be a wedding, but what about the fact, we don't know if this is true, that apparently Skinny Girl sold for $120 million. Do you secretly have moments of, you know, your children, they're around the same age as Brynn, you have some sons, maybe one of them could. In the future, <laughs> Bennett Bethany- Bennett is little. Bennett is, Brynn is 10 and Bennett is almost one. So, but, eh, never know. <laughs> well, one day Bryn will be 40 and Bennett will be 30. 30. That right. works. <laughs> I'm just putting this out there for you, Julie. I'm just trying to, you know, plan. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, what is the biggest thing you've learned business-wise? And then well, I want to get into your businesses quickly before we go. But like, what have you learned from like Bethany business-wise? And like, do you invoke it every day? Like, do you hear her in the back of your head? Um, I think that she just instilled a sense of this, uh, of hard work and keeping your eye on the prize and like going, going with your gut. I do that a lot. And I find myself, that's the one time that I like hear her. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Not the one time, but that's like a constant, is that she always went, there's that gut feeling that you have about something. And I've done that with clients where I'm like, I'm just taking this to do this. And then I'm like, why did I do this? I should have listened and not done this. You know, I've so- always run businesses the same way. Like I had a different business I sold way back. Like I just, I'm not, I'm similar to that mentality. I don't really plan like, a, you know, I'm organized, but like, I don't really write it out. And th- I just, you go with your gut, man. 
Yeah. And when you're deciding and making decisions. So yeah, I think that that is the, you know, the one thing that is really, really stayed in my head from her. And then just the value of things, the value of your time. I was always like a big thing. And like her time was very valuable and the way that we organized it and spent her time and what she did. And so I've taken that with me also is that as a business owner, as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, my time is valuable or I need to be spending it in the best ways that I can. I mean, I don't always do that, but you know what I mean? I do. So tell me about your business now. I mean, in addition to three children, which I understand <laughs> is you should just call yourself coordinator of chaos. Still. I still am a coordinator of chaos. You are. Um, yeah. So I, um, have, uh, I worked when I came home to Pittsburgh, I worked at an advertising agency for many years. And then I left there right after I had my daughter and I started my own consulting called JPM branding and consulting. And I work with small business owners, mostly women and upcoming, you know, before it was a lot of influencers, but to help them start their brand solid from the beginning. So having a plan, getting into the business of the business, what are your you know, when you create your website, what's going to be your key messaging and just different types of brand stuff. And then I also do a lot of marketing for corporate clients. And um, I have my, my hands on a lot of things, which is something I also learned from Bethany um, to have different projects going on. So um, I also have a company that I started during COVID with a business partner of mine called The Learning Match. And we are in kind of a beta testing phase and Tech is something that's completely different to me. I like, I'm not, a, I'm dangerous, but not like a tech person. I, I can be a little dangerous knowing what I'm talking about, but the learning match is a, is a database of qualified educators so that parents who need a tutor or an occupational therapist or a pod teacher can go into the database and search it and find someone virtually or in person to match with. And we're working on getting that off the ground. How's that going? I mean, is it, an uptick because of COVID, I would think. Yeah, maybe. well, that's kind of why it came up for us is because Amy and I, my, my business partner, we're very connected. We know a lot of people. And when COVID happened, we started getting a lot of like random texts. Hey, do you know any teachers that could like help my child with speech? Like, do you know a speech pathologist? Or do you know someone who could teeter my child math? And I'm like, I'm not even a teacher, but you're asking me, which means that there is a parents want to find these things and there are a variety of other places to go out there, but it's, we, we just want to be the, the database and the matchmaker. So yeah, it's, 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 you know, we're trying to find teachers, anyone who wants to join, it's free. And parents, if you want to go on there now and join, it's also free. So it's called the learning match. It's a great idea. I would think there's a need during COVID. Yes. More. Totally more. That's exactly why. Have you ever watched Bethany on Shark Tank? Yeah, I loved, I was so happy when she went on there. It was great. Shark Tank is a brilliant show. It is. What about maybe the learning match will be on Shark Tank one day? I don't think so. I don't think so. I was going to say, if Bethany's there, I can get a deal with Bethany. Um, what about, have you ever listened to her podcast, Just Be With Bethany? I do. I, I loved her podcast. I messaged her when I was coming out and I said, oh my God, I'm so excited for this. This is, you are made for this. That was made, what she was made to do. She should have, she was made to be doing podcasts. I think she's a hundred percent. Like talk radio. Like she had that radio show and it was great. It's just like the reach wasn't there. It was like too ahead of its time. Now is the time. Now what is the time. About, like the whole be strong. I mean, that's real 
shared? Like, are you, I mean, is there anything Bethany can't do? No, there's nothing, but I just, I, I always tell people to, and I do donate to there because there is no doubt in my, there's no middleman. There's no bullshit. Like she mobilized and gets things done. And that money that you donate, whether it's $10, $5, $2,000, it's going to real people in need, like hands down. There's no overhead. It's just going to the people. It's the typical, like Bethany, I don't understand why this can't get done. Like, yes. I don't get She's it. Always, she always had said that. I knew, I mean, like that, that's why it works. Cause she just says, I'll get this shit done. I don't understand why anyone else can't do it. Could Bethany be president if she wanted? Yeah, for sure. She doesn't want to be, I'm sure, but she could be. I think she could be too. <laughs> and finally, are you excited for her new reality show? Big shot with Bethany Frankel. I am. I, I have Bethany. HBO Max. When does it come on? I don't know, but they are done. I, it's done filming. So oh, whatever Bethany. happens, Big Shot with Bethany. It's a great idea. It she is. was already on The Apprentice with Martha. So like... Now she's in charge. Maybe you'll make... Maybe you'll be called upon to make an appearance in the future. We'll see. <laughs> Anything else you want us to know before we wrap up? I really appreciate you oh, doing this. I mean, no, I, I'm, I was nice to meet you over, you know, we've known each other for a while now, but this has been great. I'm, I'm so, like I said, I love that reality TV is an industry now, no matter good, bad, sad, mad, happy you are about it. It's a real industry. And like people are making a shit ton of money. A shit ton of money. I think there's a lot of good in it. You know, there's a lot of shows which are positive. Like you look at a show like Shark Tank when like kids that are like 16 that don't know a world without Shark Tank and they're like, I'm an entrepreneur because of this show. So many yeah. people come on and say that. You're like, that's, that's great. Yeah. Where can everybody find you online? So you can just follow me at Julie Plake McMinn. Um, and then my business is at the solid brand sessions. And then um, I have a website too, julieplakemcmin.com. So everyone needs to follow you. I really tell your children and husband, thank you for letting me steal you away. Oh, you're welcome. And enjoy New York because I think that's where you are, right? Yes. But you know, the next time you are in New York, when the world opens, we need to meet up. We will get together. After you meet Bethany, please call me. I, I'm, <laughs> in, I'm in the hood. All right. Keep in touch. Okay. Same. All right. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, 
and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.